The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Domain Masters, the longest-running podcast where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. We discuss domains from many different perspectives, including the legal rights of owners and trademark holders, domain values, and monetization strategies. We show you how to utilize domains to drive traffic to your business so you can gain favorable search engine rankings. We discuss power tools of the trade with the power players of the industry every week right here on Domain Masters. Please welcome your host, Victor Pitts. Welcome to Domain Masters. My name is Victor Pitts. I'm the host of Domain Masters, and you're listening to it on webmasterradio.fm. As masters of our domain, it's important for us to understand the way that the domain industry works. The better our understanding, the more successful we will be in managing our domain business. And the more the aware we become also of our rights as well as our responsibilities. So tonight's topic, we're going to talk a bit about some of the, uh, the basics of the uh, domain industry or Internet uh, infrastructure. We'll be talking specifically about... Uh, registrars and registries and and the domain name lifecycle some very very basic things but hopefully uh, even if you're an expert in the business perhaps you'll even pick up one piece of information that you weren't formally aware of well let's hope so we'll go ahead and get started in the show the first the first uh, topic we're going to talk about is is registrars Registrars are the retail outlets for domain names. You can think of uh, a registrar essentially as being the uh, the Walmart, the Sears, the Brandsmart. They're the store where you go to get your domain names. Registrars offer their clients a selection of top-level domain names to choose from. Uh, examples, .com, .net, those are the basic ones uh, that you'll see with almost every registrar, but then they start adding additional ones with uh, .info, .biz, um, maybe .xxx, uh, Mobi, and on down the line, and some will even offer uh, country codes. Registrars is where you register uh, a name, uh, renew a domain, transfer or uh, a name, and update the contact settings where you update the domain name servers, uh, set who is privacy, where you uh, can also set at the registrar level uh, email and or URL forwarding. Um, so registrars are also the ones where you take payment. Uh, registrars actually collect your credit card information or your PayPal information or your wire transfers or process your checks. However, the payment method is for that particular registrar. That's uh, the only uh, entity within this thing that uh, takes money directly from the consumers of the domain names. Uh, registrars are the primary uh, point of contact for end users. Each registrar must be accredited with ICANN which forces certain standards to be met. To be met. Uh, a small portion of every registration fee that each and every one of us does, whether it be registration or renewal, a small portion of that goes to ICANN. Um, registrars can either be specifically accredited registrars for each top-level domain name that they offer, or they may be resellers for other registrars um, using their accreditations for particular top-level names. And we'll talk more about this one um, a little bit later in this topic. Registries. 
now is the supply side of the internet. Uh, that's, it's not that names are manufactured, but it's the, the entity uh, who's responsible for um, the, the ownership of the database of domain names and the management of that d- database um, and, and conflict uh, resolutions uh, within their database. So each registry is under contract also with ICANN uh, to service a particular top-level domain for a service of 10 years. More on that later. Registries will work, or registries will work with many registrars. Again, the registrars are the distribution channel for, for the um, domain names, and so the customers, if you will, the primary customers uh, for the registrar or for the registries is the registrars themselves. A secondary customer is is UDN user. So think think in terms of uh, the relationship between the registries and the registrars is wholesale, and the reg- the relationship between the registrars and the end user as being retail. Um, So the registries have specific business rules and terms and conditions that require specific compliance by registrars in order to do business. And these requirements are are usually, they're interwoven into the registrar's own terms and conditions. So each time they add a top-level domain, um, I assure you their their uh, contracts are being amended as as well because each registry has some some little bit of nuances uh, to their contract and language it has to be uh, specified within the registrar's own contract that you engage with when you um, send them payment and you receive uh, benefits. Um, so the registries are accredited by ICANN, which forces certain standards to be met, and a portion of every uh, registration. Um, is also paid um, to ICANN from the registries. So ICANN collects a, a small percentage of every transaction at the registrar level, and they're also collecting money from uh, the registries. My name is Victor Pitts, and you're listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Domain Masters will be back after this short break. Stay tuned. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. As you know, being an expert at f- What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level the language of course we're talking about managing facebook ads on a quizio oh buy track manage optimize and report on media across all major ad networks visit aquizio.com to get a demo today aquizio search social display one platform oh yeah my day is done time for happy hour you're already done for the day 
Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hey everyone, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. And this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We just wanted to wish you a really happy, healthy, green Christmas and a prosperous new year. Indeed, Jim. And to all of our clients, guests, and, and the valuable listeners of uh, Webmaster Radio, happy holidays. On behalf of Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, happy holidays. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. We're back with more Domain Masters, where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. Here's Victor Pitts. Welcome back to Domain Masters, where you learn to be the master of your domain. I'm your host, Victor Pitts, and you're listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. So, on the life cycle of a domain name, um, we'll start with first the registration uh, of a name. Um, when you register a domain name, um, the... Sometimes you make you know you you uh, you type in the domain name wrong, and many people want to know: Can I get my money back? Can I get my name changed? Can they go in and edit my name? That's not the name that I wanted. And the registries do provide their registrars with a grace period, uh, a five-day um, grace period for new name registrations to correct mistakes that is made. But there's some pretty heavy restrictions on that for the registrars that, that really complicate their lives, and that is that it's free up to a certain percentage of your total registrations, um, and that's a number that changes on a month-to-month basis depending upon what volume of business that the registrar does. Uh, they are It's an adjustment entry that's done at the end of the month, and, and there could be a no charge, there could be some charge. So what registrars do with their policies then is they may have a policy, there is no uh, refunds, so there is no corrections to a, a name uh, once you have registered. That may be their policy because this is a very difficult thing for them to deal with. They start losing money on that. And, and these kinds of things do add up. And I'm telling you because I've sat in that seat, they do add up. Um, there used to be a thing called domain tasting, which is you register as many names as you want and then uh, you know, test the traffic on it for a few days. And before your five days has expired, you return them to the registrar who deletes them back to the registry. And, um, you only, and then you get refunded for the names that you didn't keep. And the, and the registrar at the end of the month gets an adjustment entry made back to their account. Uh, I can, because of a lot of complaints regarding what they call domain phishing, um, put in some policies so that you don't get refunded on the ICANN uh, fees. 
uh, uh, once it goes above a certain percentage. And registries also instituted similar type of uh, policies uh, to the registrars that penalize them for uh, too many uh, returns. So if your registrar gives you uh, grief on, on a, uh, making a correction, understand that the capability exists, but it's, it is a uh, manual process and and it does it, it is something it has a human cost and a systems cost associated with it and it may have non-refundable costs at both the uh ICAN level and at the registry level so try not to make mistakes try to get it right first um but if you do make a mistake you know understand just just push on your registrar a little bit and see if they can make this correction for you uh they may or they may not but at least you know that there is that provision in place. So then the second thing is, is uh, I register a name. When does it expire? Well, names are registered in one-year increments uh, up to a maximum of 10 years. And and a little thing that happens is, um, you know, every registrar will have a different renewal policy uh, in place. Some of them... Um, some of them will send notices, you know, months in advance of when the name is coming up for renewal. Uh, other ones send them to you just before. Um, and some may not send them to you at all. It's incumbent upon you to log in and manage your, your account. But most of them do send reminder notices. The, the What happens between, you know, the, this unbeknownst to you, the registrant, is on the anniversary date of the name when it expires, whether you have renewed that name or not, uh, automatic, or if you have not renewed that name, then what happens at the registry level is the registry is going to charge the renewal or the renewal fee for that name uh, to the registrar. So the registrar suddenly finds less money in their their prepaid account uh, because they have just gotten charged for the um, the name that has come up for renewal. Your name has come up for renewal, and it happens automatically. Now, the registries do give the registrars a 45-day grace period of which to try to collect their money from you uh, or delete the name and, um, and get uh, credit back to their account for the sum of the renewal. And, and so that's a grace period. It's in every registry registrar plan uh, that I've ever seen. And, and, and so, again, it's a 45-day uh, grace period. Um, the registrars now they have to make a decision from a from a business standpoint is this something that we're going to support with our customers uh, some of them will give uh, less time some of them will give uh, you know instead of the full 45 days they may give you uh, five days or 10 or 15 or 30 uh, days but they have 45 to work with now if you do not renew your name uh, before it expires or within the that particular registrar's grace period, here's what their rights are. They can delete the name, and if they delete the name, it goes back to the registry, and it's in a, a period called redemption grace period, and it's there for 30 days. And during that 30 days uh, period of time, that name's not available to resolve, meaning that the DNS stops working, email stops working, all those things. You have... Uh, up to 30 days to reclaim that name 
of which you got to pay the renewal fee to the registrar of record as well as a redemption fee. And the redemption fee changes from registry to registry um, as well as the registrars and whatever uplift they're going to put on it to cover their manual cost of, of doing that manual process of, of uh, a redemption claim. It, it's not a push button and, okay, everything is good. There's a lot of manual steps that go into collecting a name back and putting it back into someone's system uh, for it to, to work. So don't let your names uh, fall into redemption. But if they do, understand you got a maximum of 30 days. Now, your registrar may, instead of hitting delete on the name, what they may do instead is that, you know, by our terms and conditions, if you don't pay for the name, you default on it. And the name becomes available for us to either dispose of or sell. And, and it's our choice. If you do not renew your name within their acceptable grace period, they can sell your name. And what many of them will do is put them up onto an auction system um, and and try to sell them off in, in the auction system. And if there's if there's someone that's interested in it and they're willing to pay uh, whatever the fee, fifty, sixty, hundred dollars, thousands of dollars, even, um, then great. That registrar just made some money, you know, on the name plus kept a, a customer, uh, perhaps, unless that customer ends up transferring the name out. But that's their prerogative to do so. That's their terms and conditions that you agree to when you register a name with them. And again, you it it only happens when you don't manage your inventory and you don't keep your names uh, current. So do make sure that um, a few things that you need to check on at your your registrar in in respect to uh, renewals. Uh, Make sure that the email address that you have on record is valid and is working. Always maintain a good email address so that you get all the reminder notices. Uh, If you're using if you're using a auto renewal, make sure that you have uh, funds uh, in place, either through prepaid funds with your registrar if they allow that, or a credit card uh, that's both valid. Remember, credit cards change. Um, you get issued a new one every so often. Maybe you change providers or they send you a new one. You had fraud on one of them. Uh, they expire and they send you a new one with a new expiration date. Uh, a lot of things happen. Our cards change. Do you remember to go back into your registrar and update your uh, prepaid account um, or, or your auto renewal account and so they have that uh, payment information? If you don't, when renewal time comes along, if your renewal fails, um, uh, or you don't get the notices and, and you don't have it on all reno- auto renewal, but you're just not getting the notices and you fail to respond. You know, you could end up losing the name. Um, either drop into redemption, cost you more money to get it back, or they could end up selling the name. So, you know, folks, that's how a lot of uh, problems actually happen. So uh, it's it's powers within you to keep that from happening. Uh, okay, so that's on uh, renewals. And the other thing I want to mention on renewals is some Registrars are have direct uh, accreditation with the uh, registries, meaning you know they're they're licensed, authorized to to uh, sell uh, .com, .net, .orgs, etc. And and so they take that registrar's policies and they have to fold it into their own um, you know business and legal uh, policies and, and terms and conditions. And and so that's how it is when you're you're dealing directly with the registries. But if you're if your particular registrar has also got TLDs that they're getting through a reseller, um, and this is usually when you start seeing the registrars, you know, have, um, you know, when it's a new TLD, they're not real sure if they want to go fully after it or, or they just want to um, test it out maybe by working with a reseller. 
or where there's country codes and sometimes a reseller is the best option. Um, the thing to keep in mind is if some of the names are, uh, even though you're getting through the registrar, some are, are directly accredited uh, relationships and the other ones are, are passed through from a, a reseller, that, that reseller is another registrar. So now you have additional terms and conditions that have to be folded into their documents. You have the original registry documents. Uh, you have the registrar, who is uh, the ones that they're getting these particular TLDs from. And, and now you have to encompass that registrar's policies. And where that usually rears its ugly head uh, most often is in terms of renewals um, and grace periods because the renewal time for some of these uh, other TLDs and CCTLDs from that particular registrar, it may not be um, the same renewal plan. Uh, I know there are certain country codes that you have to renew them six months in advance, you know, for example. So the individual registries may have some some, um, variations, but if they're going through a reseller, then contracts get a little bit more complicated so it'd probably be worth your while if you're if you're doing business with a lot of different TLDs have a conversation with your registrar and find out which ones they're directly accredited for um, versus uh, uh, going through a reseller if they're uncomfortable with answering that question uh, ask it a different way are there any of your policies um, in in your terms and conditions that are unique to um, certain TLDs and, uh, you know, they're different, or is it the same rules for all TLDs? And that's another way of getting, you know, the same answer. So let me see what else we want to talk about on uh, domain life cycles. Uh, we mentioned uh, registrations and renewals. Uh, we also talked a bit about grace periods. Uh, kind of continuing out that grace period, if a name does go to redemption, I said it sits there for 30 days. If What happens if, um, if nobody pulls that name back? Well, then what happens is it, after it goes through a 30-day redemption hold period, it goes into a five-day um pending delete. During that period of time, it's publicized out on these lists all over the world for people who are interested in acquiring um, you know, names that have been registered before that may have a search engine presence. History might have been bookmarked or in people's favorites list. There's value to that traffic that might come in. And so these names are, are coveted, and there's people that will uh, go out and try to register these names when they uh, they get deleted. Um, and there's services such as Pool and, and Snap Names and uh, Namejet that goes out and tries to capture them in what they call drop service. So this five-day pending delete that kicks in after the redemption hold period has expired with the name not being reclaimed, goes through a five-day pending delete. Nobody can touch that name, but the list is publicized that this name is going to be dropping in five days. Days. At the end of that five-day period of time, the name is like reborn like a brand-new baby. If anyone wants to register it, they do so, but it gets a brand-new creation date. Uh, you still might benefit from any legacy search engine traffic or bookmarks and so forth, but you lose the creation date. That's why a lot of times people would rather buy the name before it drops than, than see it to go through the uh, drop process. Transfers is another thing that people need to uh, understand a bit better. When you transfer a name from one registrar to another registrar, there's um, a few things that you need to do. First is that the, we'll get the nomenclature right. Where you're transferring it away from, that's called the losing registrar. The one that you're transferring it to, that's called a gaining registrar. So at the losing registrar, you need to unlock the name, and you need to get from them uh, your 
EPP authorization codes. And these authorization codes are essentially unique to your domain name, your account, that enables the gaining side to to validate that they have the authority to transfer this name. How else would they get the authorization code that's kept at the registrar of record? The only way the gaining registrar would get it is if you give it to them. So your losing registrar, when you unlock the name, they provide you with the authorization code. You now go to your gaining registrar and you put in an order to transfer the name uh, to them. All you got to do is provide them with the domain name and the authorization code. Um, they may send you some additional emails just for double confirmation to make sure that uh, that you're you're clear on this, um, and, and so they'll send it to the administrative contact. So that is the process that that happens on a transfer. So again, unlock the name, get the authorization code from the losing side, provide it to the gaining side, um, and your transfer should go through. When will it go through? Anywhere from same day up to five days. ICANN allows uh, five days, and it allows uh, the registrars uh, you know, through whether it be manual or automated process, as well as just to make sure that there's no uh, fraudulent transfers going through or mistakes happening. And and sometimes those five days do work out. It's it's uh, you know clients very frequently say I I made a mistake. I didn't want to transfer that name. So the five days gives you an out. Uh, from that that process, so you know it's not not necessarily a bad thing, but that is the maximum time that they allow. If you do nothing and say nothing in five days, it does transfer, providing that you gave them a good authorization code. Um, grace periods, um, grace periods. We talked about those. You have the uh, five day uh, registration delete uh, in case your typos are, are made, but your registrar may or may not allow you to uh, uh, use that. You have the uh, you have the grace period for renewals, uh, which is 45 days, but your registrar may give you only a portion of that or not at all. It's up to them how their business rules would work. Uh, and then you have the redemption hold period that everybody does enforce. In, in it's a 30-day out that you can reclaim your name. And then there's a five-day pending delete. Who is records? Uh, guys, you got to keep these who is records up to date. Now, I understand the concern regarding privacy. Um, we all have, you know, concerns in the world that we live in, in regarding privacy. But you do have to keep these records up to date because they're used. Um, for a lot of different reasons. If someone's got a trademark dispute, uh, uh, a complaint regarding your site, uh, ICANN says that you have to maintain valid contact information. So what a lot of people do is they'll put in fictitious names, they'll make up names um, and, and put it in there and put false information just to kind of have a page filler. Um, you run the risk of losing your domain when you do that. ICANN in 2006 got pretty tough on the registrars and required them to uh, show documents, a document trail, and they have to keep these records for 10 years of of uh, any complaints that come in regarding uh, uh, who is invalid, who is information uh, on a domain name. They have to email the admin contact, notify them of the um, uh, the complaint, and they, if they do not respond within 15 days, the registrar has the right to take that name down, okay, um, to put a hold on it, to put a suspend on it, uh, even to delete it. So you can lose your domain name, and it depends upon how hard the other side's going to push sometimes, but uh, it also depends upon your registrar and their specific policy. But ICANN uh, has asked the registrars to be tougher on this, and just some are more tough than others. But do maintain your valid uh 
you know, who is information. If you're going to use proxy services, which is, is domain privacy, just make sure that the email address actually does forward to you um, and, and that, you know, you're responsive to any complaint emails that, that come through. Granted, if you put your, your personal information out there, you'll also find people trying to sell you names or trying to buy you names, and you may or may not want that information, but uh, do put it there. The administrative contact record is perhaps the most important one because if there's ever a domain transfer um, or any sort of dispute, it's the admin contact that's going to be uh, considered authoritative, and so whomever's answering those emails and getting those emails has power over the domain. So make sure that you keep that contact record uh, accurate and up to date. So those are the um, uh, the basic things. Code of conduct. Uh, we just mentioned, you know, any complaints regarding uh, spam, uh, copyright infringement, trademark infringement, objectionable content, uh, you know, hate content, child pornography, um, you know, a whole list of types of complaints that could go against a website. Your registrars. Uh, as well as your registries will oftentimes uh, hear these kinds of complaints, and they may have uh, policies on how they respond to it. Um, not everybody is, is is diligent or feels that they got to police their customers. Uh, some are pretty hands-off and, until they're mandated by court or by ICANN. Uh, other ones are will, will jump and take action immediately. So get to know your registrar's uh, personality. And uh, it's usually expressing our policies and, and, you know, with experience or, or word of mouth. Um, so I believe that that comes to the conclusion or the, the closure of this uh, the show. Just to, in terms of tips, choose a registrar that works best with, with uh, the volume of domains that you own or control and how you're using them. Uh, how do they manage complaints? Uh, what kind of reporting system do they have? Know your registrar is accredited for the TLDs you own or whether they're resellers. Why, again, rules can be different in respect to renewals, transfer, ownership process, and costs. Have a renewal plan in place and stay on top of it. Prevent your domain names from being lost from things like failure to maintain valid credit card information, uh, not maintaining funding in your account, bad email address, or just got busy and forgot about it. Maintain your WHOIS contacts so that they serve your needs and privacy concerns while being compliant with established registrar and registry policies. So, folks, this you've come to the uh, closure of another episode of Domain Masters. I hope this information tonight has been informative for you. Um, you know, come back to Domain Masters uh, next week at webmasterradio.fm, or you could listen to our shows as they're archived on iTunes, Google, Yahoo, and many other podcast locations. My name is Victor Pitts. Again, this is Domain Masters. You're listening to it on webmasterradio.fm. And I wish you all a great day, and I hope that you're each the master of your domain.